What's up, everybody? Welcome to the State of Wild, episode 40, a regular YouTube video web series podcast thingy. My name is Meowth, and as usual, I'm joined by Corbett Games. Corbett, how are you doing tonight, dude? Uh, doing very well. I have managed to finally finish my climb on EU after graduating from the NA ladder um, after hitting rank one. Um, and so, yeah, it's been fun to be able to finally visit EU again for the first time in you know about a year uh, without going on that server. So, yes, doing well. Doing well today. You know, all the people are going to give you crap that are like, from EU to be like, ah, you finally hit rank one, now you can join the real server. And mm. it bullies me, stuck at lowly top 100 legend. So it makes me feel bad. But it's all right, <laughs> because we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, but before we get into all of that, just a reminder to leave a like, comment, and subscribe if you guys enjoy our content. It's a small thing, but it does actually support us a ton. All right, so yeah, let's just start off talking kind of big picture and our general impressions about how the meta has shifted in the past week. Uh, I think the first thing we should talk about is Death and Taxes Paladin, or like the Aggro Secret Paladin, or whatever name you guys want to give it. Um, so last week we were talking about how it was potentially the best deck in the format. It looked like it had an insanely high win rate. We, we thought it might be warping the meta, uh, but it seems that the meta has actually adjusted very nicely. It seems like it's coming back down to earth. It seems like it's just a good old, solid, powerful deck, right? Nothing kind of obscene compared to everything else around it. Yeah, the, the format that Tax Palo is walking into over the first like couple days of the expansion were very, very favorable. Um, the deck matched up incredibly well with Dark Lair Warlock. And, you know, most people defaulted to, oh, well, Dark, Dark Lair will still be the best deck and things like that. And so it had a really, really great time uh, in that kind of environment. Um, now there's a lot less Dark Lair, there's less Secret Mage, it feels like, or at least mm, there has been. We'll see if Secret Mage, you know, uh, picks back up with, you know, some other, some other decks. Um, but yeah, it seems like people are generally a bit more aware of Tax Pally. They're countering it, they're taking against it. And now the win rate has dropped to, you know, like a really, really good deck rather than just being completely obscene. Yeah, I I know some people hate playing against it, but I really, really do hope that it does stick around. Uh, primarily, be like, it, there's a couple cards in that deck that are some nerf targets because of standard, and we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit here, but... I really was excited by this deck because it felt like it loosened the chokehold that Dark Lair and Secret Mage had on the metagame, right? Because those were the top two decks. They weren't changing very much, so a lot of people still had access to play them. And it and it seemed like Death and Taxes Paladin kind of has opened up the metagame a little bit and allowed a lot more decks to potentially be viable because they're no longer being oppressed by Dark Lair and Secrets. And I hope, I really hope that after some of the nerfs that it remains powerful uh, in the format. Yeah, the, the most uh, di diverse metas generally, you know, there's a bit of push and pull, right? Like if something else starts to pop up too much, uh, you can sort of counter it with something else. And mm -hmm. the problem that was kind of going around recently was like, how do you beat Dark Lair and Mage? Um, a lot of players are really struggling with that because if you went the Odd, War Odd Warrior route, you'd just lose so hard to everything that it wasn't really a viable path. Um, and so, yeah, Tax Pally sort of opened things up, definitely. And hopefully, well, we'll see if it can survive the nerfs, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. Uh, and the next thing I want to talk about is kind of the rise of Corbett Mage or APM Mage. Uh, because curse you for making this archetype a reality. Uh, let's talk about APM Mage or Miracle Mage. So this is the deck that Encanter's Flow and then either Sorcerer's Apprentice plus Mizaki or Sorcerer's Apprentice plus Flame Waker, uh, whichever route you end up taking. Uh, and then kills you as early as turn four or turn five because you know smiley face. Um, 
Corbett, this deck has become super popular, I think, solely yeah. because of you. I mean, no. I don't know if this is something you want to take credit for, but APMA just all over at least any Legend Ladder. Um, and it seems it seems like a legitimate deck. Like, it's not a garbage, you know, tier 3, tier 4 deck. It's not a meme. It's it's a real deck, and I think it's here to stay. Unless, you know, Sources of Prejudice get just all get nerfed, but I don't think that's ever happening, at least this first round of nerfs that's coming on uh, Tuesday. Yeah, APM Mage. Um, <laughs> APM Mage. I, I certainly don't think I can take that much credit for it, to be honest. Maybe for helping popularize it a little bit. Um, I think you can. But, you know, I, can. I, I, like, I saw the list originally on HS Replay on a very, very low sample, and it was called my eye. This is like before the expansion came out. I was playing a lot of this deck before the expansion. And then, you know, we got the water, the refreshing water. And, you know, kind of all hell. The dam really just broke uh, yeah. with that. And so... Once we, once we got this, right, like, it's very, very popular with high ranks in particular. Um, a lot of the top players on EU and NA are, like, using APM Mage. I think the deck is generally, I, I think it's really hard to play, like, super well. Like, mm -hmm. I, this deck is really challenging, in my opinion. Um, personally, I like the Flame Waker version more than Mazaki, and I just think it's better. Um, but, yeah, there's been, like, such an influx of it. It's been... It's not without counters, and, you know, Secret Mage is a very difficult matchup, and so we were just talking about how Tax Pally sort of pushed back Mage, Secret Mage, maybe APM Mage kind of brings it back, and that's sort of that natural like, push and pull that you like to see in the format. Yeah, I, I like an APM Mage. So today was the first day that I actually, like, sat down and played a few games of the deck, um, and it seemed very akin to me to, to Darkler Warlock, right? Where, like, when you have the Uber Nuts... You win the game on turn four, and you're just like, haha, Flame Waker, go burr. But other yeah. times, you don't draw the double encanter slow, and you don't have the Flame Waker Apprentice in your opening hand, and you actually, like, it takes a ton of skill to min-max your percentage points, and it felt very darkler to me, which is why I think a lot of people are flocking to it, because a lot of people love those really high skill cap combo-style decks, like Darkler Warlock, like Quest Mage, like Snip Snap Warlock, uh, where you get rewarded for that. So it makes sense to me that APM Mage is getting yeah. really, really popular, but... God, I hate it so much because I feel like I get scammed every other game against the deck. Yeah, I mean, it, it's very much in that similar family, right? Of like Dark Lair and Quest Mage. These sort of very, very low curve, um, very quick combo kind of decks where, you know, you're heavily drawing, you're playing a ton of cards in one turn, you're having to make a lot of very quick decisions a lot of the time, very APM related. Mm -hmm. um, and so it isn't that sort of that whole like sort of subcategory. And so for you, yeah, I definitely get it. It's very flashbacks to Quest Mage in a lot of ways, which I'm loving it. I'm having a great time because I'm the one doing it to people and not, you know, people aren't doing it to me that much. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've basically been maining the deck. I, I really, I don't tend to main decks or like get stuck playing one thing for too long. Um, right now, I'm really am just stuck playing, playing this APM Mage. I haven't played much else really for the past week or so, and I'm having a great time with it, so... I mean, to be Dark. fair, every time you main a deck, though, it does eventually get nerfed, right? Like Quest Mage, Snip Snap, Dark Lair. So, like, <laughs> fingers, fingers yeah. crossed that maybe one day APM Mage will as well. I mean, I'm just kidding. I think the deck is fine. I don't, like you said, I don't think it's without counters. You mentioned Secret Mage. Uh, I had an insanely high win rate with stuff like Pirate Warrior as well into it, um, mm -hmm. just because it's very hard for them to freeze your minions as well as freeze your face. And Ship's Cannon, you know, we were speaking about Flame Waker go burr. Ship's Cannon also goes burr with a ton of pirates. Yeah, and so. I we, we can maybe we'll talk about Pirate Warrior later today, but like I think the deck is not without counters. I do think it's a very good deck. And 
with my hatred of the deck aside, right, putting that aside, I think it's I think it's a fine deck for the metagame, right? It's not obscenely powerful or anything like that. Uh, I mean, it does have some sort of a, a pretty unfun play pattern, but, you know, so did Dark yeah, Warlock and I, stuff like that, and it's still a deck. So I, I think APMH can stick around and not be super problematic for the format. I, I think you're kind of being a little too kind to it. I think really? you should be calling okay. it out a little bit harder. Because, no, I just mean, like... Um, I mean, it's pretty toxic, the Like the deck is like, like the deck is. Pretty it is the definition of solitaire. Like, I, I, just, yeah. I don't know if any of you guys watch my stream, but literally any time an opponent starts their combo, I put on the Jeopardy music and just kind of like zone out, and I come back in 45, 60 seconds to see if I'm dead or not. So, yeah, I, I, I'll give it that. It's, but I also I think it's not without counters, and I don't th- I don't know if it's the best deck in the format. But like, hmm. I mean, I also said this about Dark Warlock, and we all see how that ended up. But I. I'm hesitant to call it, like, Super Birkin just because it's only been around for a week. But I might be wrong. It might be Super Birkin. I personally hate playing against the deck. And we've seen that, like, play pattern is a very reasonable way for them to nerf decks, right? Like, that's been kind of the main way or reason that they have nerfed decks. But I'm hesitant on my judgment, I think, is the big thing here. I'm I'm trying to be super neutral and not (laughs) be, like, bash an APM mage the first week that it's in the meta. I mean, I couldn't blame you, but um, yeah. So, like, like I said, I've been having a great time with it. My, it's like one of the best decks that, you know, one of the highest win rates that I've had. And so, we'll see if that settles down. Um, we'll see what the win rate looks like, right, when it gets into the wider players' hands, because you know there are a few individuals that seem to be doing really well with it. But we'll see how that translates, um, you know, to the wider player base. But I do think the deck is really good. I do think that. You know, um, the counters that it has are very narrow, especially with things like Devolving Missiles kind of getting teched in. Devolving kind of fixes some problems that it was having um, mm-hmm. against things like Watch Post. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how things fall, especially with the nerfs coming around. If if it can dodge the nerfs, um, then it might be here for a while. All right. So we've talked a lot about AP Mage. Let's talk about the next up-and-coming combo deck. Uh, I think maybe we can take a little bit of credit here on the podcast because we, you know, we, we brought this to light last week. We talked about the Celestial Alignment Malagos combo druid we're not taking credit for it right this was already a deck that we had seen on hs replay but we wanted to yeah. point out that it was a deck it was seeing some success uh and it, it has kind of taken off specifically in the last like two or three days i've keyed into a ton of it on ladder so basically what this deck tries to do if you guys don't know is it plays celestial alignment locks people out and then what you do on your next turn while your opponent only has one mana is like you'll play stuff like lightning blooms and biology projects and nourishes so that you gain a ton of mana crystals and then you play the new Malagos. I think it's the Spellweaver, I believe. The the new I sure. I, I take your word for it. <laughs> but you play that to get all the rest of your your ramp spells like bio projects, um, lightning blooms, and nourishes. And then you UI them, draw your entire combo. You play a Malagos, refresh your mana crystals with Kuhn or Omu, and then you know point a bunch of spells at their face. And you do all of that like the turn after you Celestial Alignment, which is kind of disgusting. Um, I again, it's really hard to see what the power of this deck is, given that it's kind of just now, in the past couple mm-hmm. of days, risen in popularity. Um, but I do think that with stuff like Oaken Summons and Spreading Plague, you have a chance against any deck <laughs> that's sort of aggressive. Um, and as long as you don't get like a Lucid, I think you're kind of good. Yeah, um, I've seen like Goku, uh, in particular, like streaming the deck a lot. Um, and so, yeah, seeing it pop up very recently over the past couple of days, um, I, th- I think the deck isn't that 
that good. I think it's uh, uh, like fairly fragile, but you know, is the question like, is it the best version of Malagos Druid? And it probably is. Like, it's probably better than the old version that we were using with Melon and the Aviana Kun combo, things like that. Um, at least it looks like it right now. So yeah, I'd really like it if this sort of replaced the uh, the old Mali Druid, you know? Like, the, was, the old Mali Druid was so stale, and I'm never a big fan of Aviana Kun combo decks. Like, that is not my favorite type of thing to do in the format. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of hope this pops up a little bit more, at least gets refined. It does have potential, right? Like, the turns where you pop off, you pop off really, really hard. And so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But it, it, it will feel, like, it will feel a probably a very similar role to something like APM Mage, but I do think it's generally a bit more fragile which is kind of where like this deck, this deck type Mali Druid has been, you know, for the past year or so. I will say there's a little bit of hidden power in the deck though, with like celestial alignment stops your opponent from being able to interact with you, right? Like I I was running into the situation playing some Rena Priest where my opponent played Celestial Alignment. I had the Elusia in my hand, and they comboed mm. before I was able to play the Elusia. Because I can't Elusia on one mana and then be able to disrupt your combo. Or I can't like, Dirty Rat, and then be able to disrupt your combo, right? Because I can't kill the Malagos if I rat it, or kill the Omu. Sorry, one, one thing I want to get into, I played one game of the Mirror with this deck, and it almost broke my brain. Because <laughs> the, first one to, the first one to play the alignment loses. Yeah. And so it becomes this incredibly weird game where, like, I ended up realizing halfway through how this was going to go, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to tempo the Mali. And then I tempoed the Mali, and just, like, hope it's stuck. And then, like... They dealt with it, and they played their Mali, and I dealt with that, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my god, we're going deep into fatigue, <laughs> and it's about whoever whoever sticks their 5-5 their five five off the UI, and you have to play it, because otherwise you don't have a minion on board, and the Kun just bashes each other in the head. Very, very <laughs> weird matchup. Like, one of the strangest mirrors I think I've ever played. I mean, that's kind of how the Giants went, like, the day that it was a deck, right? Like, whoever Celestial first lost the mirror, so, god, I really hope the deck doesn't become popular because of that exact thing. That That'd be disgusting. It also, it, that reminds me of, like, the Tog Druid mirrors, where, like, if you Tog comboed while they had Tog in hand, then it just became, like, you would just keep Tog... Like an infinite... Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just it's keep comboing each other, and then trying to temple each other out that way. Yeah, let's not have that become meta. But, I think, <laughs> Celestial Mali Druid, I think, is a legitimate deck. Again, it's way too early to tell, like, how powerful it is, but just wanted to point it out as, like this is kind of the new hotness, right? APM Mage was like early this week, and now the last couple of days has been all about Celestial Melee Druid, and we'll see um, kind of, you know, next week how powerful the deck actually ends up being. Uh, but yeah, so let's move on to the next thing. Let's talk about uh, nerfs. Nerfs are coming Monday or Tuesday. Uh, we don't know what the nerfs are yet, and we don't know when they're coming exactly, uh, but it has been confirmed that there are six changes coming, uh, and they are affecting Mage, Paladin, Rogue, and Neutral neutral minions <laughs> um and so deck of lunacy was confirmed yesterday in xr's q a but we can kind of speculate based on power level and standard uh that the other cards are probably sort of a fallen jandis two mana watch post pen flinger and then probably three mana watch post but that one's like the one that's the most up in the air and so that's why we're talking about maybe it's encanter's flow maybe that gets hit and that's why we're like a little bit of hesitation when it comes to apm age but uh I, I really don't think they'll do encounters. No? I really okay. think it is those six, personally. But, you know, I don't have any inside info. So I really do think it's those six, though. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people are thinking. I'm over here hoping that Encanto Soul gets hit, because screw PMH. But, I mean, out of these six, 
I would really hate for Jandis because I play a bunch of LPG Mage and obviously like yeah. odd rogues and stuff like that. I would, I really, really, really hope they don't hit Jandis. But I mean, yeah. two mana watch post, pen flinger, and sword of the fallen. Those are the three that we want to talk about. So sword of the fallen likely is going to two durability instead of three cost. Um, so at two durability, it's probably still good enough because it is completely broken at three mana. So at two mm-hmm. two toughness, I, I mean at three durability. Sorry, not three mana. But at two durability, it is probably still strong enough to see play in that aggro paladin. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think um, right now we're kind of running a fifth secret that we don't like that much, so we get to cut a secret if we go to two durability. I think I think the the ability to kind of like fetch Omai Yog into Omai Yog is pretty disgusting and would still be worth it even at the two dura. Yeah, uh, and then two two mana watch post. I mean, I'm assuming they go to a two three is what I would mm-hmm. assume. And so at three health, it is much, much, much easier to remove, right? Stuff like yeah. Frostbolts and Drain Souls and Penance It, all that kind of stuff. I think it probably will still be running the Teth and Taxes version of Agri Paladin, but I think it is also worth considering at that point, do you just go like pure old aggro Secret Paladin, cut the Watch Post, cut the Web Lords, and, or maybe you still keep the Web Lords, who knows? But then... Uh, you know, lean in a little bit heavier on the just, like, pure aggro version of the deck. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, I, th- I think at three health, I think you probably don't don't play it, I don't think. Uh, in, like, the aggro, I think you try and look at a different build. But um, at the same time, it's kind of hard to go for more of a secret synergy. Like, you can't really load up on secret cards if they nerf sword. And so yeah. I think you probably go to more of a stock, just aggro thing. Just kind of what you're describing, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, very minimal secret synergy, but you still run the sword, and then you probably cut the post. Like, two, three to four is such a difference, right? Mm-hmm. The, the health points. Three is so easy to deal with. Yeah, especially, like, it makes coining out the watch post so much worse, or just, like, yeah. playing it on two. So it's, like, watch post is only really great off of cult arms, and at that point, like, so are a lot of other two drops, and it's coming out on turn mm-hmm. four. Um, so, yeah... We'll see. We'll see what change they actually end up making to the watch post, because um, we don't know what they are, right? Uh, and then let's talk about penflinger. So penflinger, I think the nerf that a lot of people are talking about is only being able to hit minions, mm-hmm. and so basically you cut this from dark lair and you cut this from Reiner priest because at that point, pretty mediocre. And um, I mean, would you still I, cut it to Reiner priest actually? Yeah, that's that's what I was about to question. I I don't I don't think you would cut it in Reiner priest. I think you'd probably okay. still play it. Yeah. So, like, I mean, because, like, on the combo turn, it's slightly less damage, but it also still synergizes yeah. stuff like Cleric and Acolytes and all that kind of stuff anyway. So, yeah, okay, okay, I can see it. I think the big thing then is then it's cut from Dark Lair, right? Yeah, I yeah, don't, that's the big story, for sure. I don't play Dark Lair, so I'll, I'll defer to you here. If the Penflinger nerf goes to only being able to hit minions because you're no longer to able to hit your face, right, on the Dark Lair pop-off turns, you're cutting it from Dark Lair... How do you think that this impacts Dark Lair's power level? Um, I really don't think it has that big of an impact. I think it's one of the, like, out of all the cards in Glare, I think that the Penflinger nerf is actually one of the, like, the easiest for it to sort of brush off. Um, so, I, like, I think, I think the, it, it just reduces some damage potential that you had in the late game, but not really. And in terms of, like, reducing the cost of your Giants, um, Penflinger was helpful, but not that amazing and so mm-hmm. i i think it's i think it's okay like um do we go to like crystal maybe crystallizer becomes more popular as a one of uh just because it gets you a little bit deeper into that like molten giant territory very quickly 
Um, but yeah, I think I think Darkler can sort of brush it off if Penflinger does get nerfed like this. Yeah. Unlucky is what you're telling me. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Unlucky. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, I don't want to spend too much more time on the nerfs because, again, none of this has been confirmed, right? I think That's the only one... Yeah. It's completely speculative. The only thing that has been confirmed is the Deck of Lunacy is getting nerfed because of Standard. It was confirmed by XR. The rest of the five is com completely speculative. We'll see what happens. Um, we're, we're getting it early this week. I think they said Monday or Tuesday is when the patch should come in. So we'll have a yeah. week to see the effect on the metagame, and we'll talk about that next week. Um, but yeah, so for the rest of the episode, we're going to do something a little bit uh different we haven't done this before uh but we've had about a week and a half now of the metagame we, we started to see some of the power level of these decks and so what we're going to do is we're going to go through some of the meta decks for each class uh, and we're going to just talk about winners and losers so basically these archetypes have they gained ground are they winners in the in the wild metagame have they lost ground or are they losers or are they just in a fairly similar place and haven't really changed, <laughs> you know, their place? So this is kind of a little bit different than saying a deck got stronger or a deck got worse, right? Because the meta around it has shifted. And so has it gained ground in the metagame? Has it become better than a lot of other options? Uh, it's kind of the, the big thing that we're going to analyze these archetypes with. And so let's go ahead and start off with Paladin. We've talked a lot about aggro Paladin. Um, I mean, I think it's very fair to say that Paladin in general is a winner because... It has gained a lot of new toys, specifically Sword of the Fallen and Cult Arms. Yeah, uh, Paladin definitely the, I, I think comfortably the biggest winner class, you know, in terms of like mm -hmm. pushing multiple archetypes. So yeah, um, again, we'll see how that goes once Sword is nerfed, very, very likely. Um, but so far with Cult Arms and Sword combined, it's really pushed a number of different Pally archetypes right up into, you know, tier one territory. Like it has the most number of like, strong strong like really strong uh, archetypes right now i mean so let's talk about them so we've talked a lot about aggro paladin or death and taxes paladin i think it's fair to say it is less of a winner than it was last week but it's still you know much much better than it has been in a very very long time um odd paladin didn't get call to arms but odd paladin got knight of anointment and conviction both insanely insanely powerful cards uh dude conviction and odd paladin is like absolutely disgusting on turn five i hit somebody for yeah. 28 damage by the way like not even Ooh. using using quartermaster, it was it was just, actually. I don't disgusting. even need it. Yeah, I mean um, those those one matter fireballs. They'll they'll do some work. Yeah, and sure. the fact that they're permanent too is like absolutely disgusting. Um, yeah. so Libra Paladin. So Libra Paladin got Carryall Room, very very powerful card. It got Knight of Anointments. Um, I think Libra Paladin is probably the weakest winner. I don't know how to phrase this. Like it gained <laughs> the least, but it still gained a significant amount out of these other Paladin archetypes. Like I, I know. We stand Libra and Paladin on this podcast, but like I went twelve and two with the deck on my climb to legend this month. Like it's still a very very good deck. Um, I'm a little bit scared of the Penflinger nerf. Um, yeah, that'll hurt. The, it's gonna For hurt sure. a lot uh, in Libra and Paladin. Yeah. I might revisit like Itis uh, Darkbane or whatever her name is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like, yeah. Really... I I I also like played a bit of Libra and Paladin and had a really good win rate with it and things like that before I um you know <clears throat> went back to Miracle Mage. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think with that like Penflinger, you you just do run that Idis for the finisher, and you could probably like shrug it off a little bit. You know, in in standard they're gonna struggle a little bit more to find a finisher. I think Idis in wild is like a pretty good alternative, right? Just is kind of sitting there. It, it does obscene amounts of damage. I think what's gonna hurt more is the fact that like Penflinger's for board control against other aggressive decks is where what I'm gonna miss the most, yeah. right? Um, and then like maybe at that point 
I know pyromancers have like historically not been great in Libra and Paladins, but maybe we revisit that as just like a way to help control the board, especially since we have fairly consistent ways now to draw and discount our Libra and Wisdoms. Um, so maybe worth something considering. Uh, but yeah, let's move on to the last Paladin archetype. The Maybe the Paladin archetype that is the biggest winner, I think by far and away the biggest winner. Let's talk about Handbuff Paladin. Uh, so first of all, shout out to Bodybuilder. Hit rank one legend. Like There's like yeah. four people that play this deck. And he hit rank one legend with his deck. Yeah, so shout out to him. Um, I think the biggest surprise is like, so his version is running the Knight of Anointments, the Convictions. Uh, obviously, Samuro is kind of broken. There's like no room for stuff like Runthak or Serenite Chain Gang cards that we thought were going to be kind of just absolutely insane in this deck. Um, so he's gone like super low curve and all that kind of good stuff. The, the deck looks legit. I think Paradox took his version of the deck and hit rank one legend on Asia as well. So it's hit rank one on two servers now um mm-hmm. the deck is the deck is legit it is a huge winner from forge and the barons and i think a deck you know similar to libra paladin you guys got to start taking seriously the deck the deck is good yeah i'm actually a little surprised that um it hasn't caught on more widely at this point um like i think it's really really good really really strong like borderline like if i was going to do my tier list or something i'd probably have hand off in tier one like i don't know <laughs> um it's really good so i i, I do think like saranite and Runthuk are potentially cards that you still want to play. Like, you can probably change the build a little bit. I'm not sure how good, like, the Chillblade Champion, how that compares to something like Saranite. They probably just hit different things. You like more mm. charge, probably better against Priest, and more Taunt, probably better against, I don't know, like Pirate Warrior or something. Um, but yeah, Handbuff Pally, kind of completely insane. And, you know, big shout outs to Bodybuilder for getting that rank one. Um, and, you know, we'll see. I mean, it has to trickle out at some point, right? It can't be just the same four people playing this deck and you know the wider play base not picking it up they have to pick it up at some point like the has to it, the deck's too good I, I don't and i don't think it has like the skill cap that something like dark glare does right like no no offense to hand buff paladin but like it's a deck that the wider population should be able to play right and should be able to have success with so it's very surprising that it's not seeing a lot more play yeah, um, when you compare it to things like Secret Mage, right? Like Secret mm-hmm. Mage um, is probably similarly positioned in terms of strength. Uh, Handbuff Pally is probably better. It's probably better than Secret Mage. Um, but yeah, Handbuff, uh, it, it is it is a little surprising. So maybe it's just because the... I, I honestly don't know whether it's just like Paladin specifically. I mean, Paladin has had lots of decks in the past that have been very strong and the players don't like to play it. I mean, it's happening at Standard right now where Leibn Paladin is incredibly underplayed relative to how strong it is. And so whether we're talking about Odd Pally or Handbuff Pally, I mean, this is a recurring theme for the class. People just don't like playing it that much for whatever reason um, while acknowledging that it's pretty strong. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if it finally happens because it can make very flashy plays, right? Like Sumero is a very flashy play. That card um, is broken, by the way. It is so good. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyways. Yeah, it's it's nutty. For sure, for sure. Okay, so yes, I mean, I think the, the moral of this, you know, five-minute segment here is Paladin, huge winners. I think it's got oh, four good. decks in, like, Tier 1, Tier 2. I know you guys yeah. might find Paladin boring, but if you want to win games, if you want to hit Legend, if you want to climb, Paladin, you can't go wrong with Paladin. Play play yeah, any, yeah. any of those four whatever, decks that you mentioned. And yeah, whatever variant you like. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll do fine. And I think sure. they all play fairly differently. I, I want to point that out as well. Like, mm. as much as we used to rag on Paladin as being, like, it's it does the same thing in, like, three different ways. Like, I feel like all of these decks <laughs> yeah. play very differently from each other. 
And so, like, pick whichever one fits your play style better, what you enjoy playing, and then, like, feel free to climb with it. I think Paladin, like, it jumped from, like, Odd Paladin being the only playable deck to now it has four very viable, strong decks that you should be playing. So let's talk about Mage. So Mage, I think, is in a very, very interesting spot. So let's talk about Secret Mage. Secret Mage, I think, coming into the expansion, a lot of people thought was the second best deck, right, behind Dark Lair. Um, mm -hmm. And it didn't really pick up anything, right? It picked up Oasis Ally as, like, a a tech secret, right? Stuff stuff like Flame Ward and Ice Block, where, like, it becomes the eighth secret, depending on the metagame. But yeah. do you think that it has gained or lost ground? We know, I know we talked about it's, you know, unfavorable into the Death and Taxes, but it's favorable into, you know, APM Mage. So do you think that it's kind of, like, maintained its ground? Do you think it's probably, like, the second best deck in the format? Or do you think it's lost a little bit? So talk to me a little <laughs> bit about Secret Mage. Uh, I think it's lost a little bit of ground. Um, not not like a ton. Like, I think the deck is obviously still very good. But yeah, I think it's definitely, like, taken a step back from where it was prior to the expansion release. Um, turns out this set was actually, like, very powerful and impactful. And not picking up anything kind of hurts, right? Mm -hmm. um, in addition to that, the, the fact that, like, these other archetypes are sort of handling Mage decently well, like the Tax Pally and things like that. And so, yeah, I would definitely say that it's taken a small step back. Um, Finally, you know, <laughs> like it, it took it took some time, but I think I think it's finally happened. I think another contributing factor is like not only the death and taxes paladin, but we'll, I mean we'll talk about this in a little bit. But pirate warrior, man, pirate warrior yeah, kind of yeah. bodies secret mage in my experience. Like my very small sample size, it bodies secret mage. So now like secret mage has like a couple of really really poor matchups, right? You've got pirate warrior, you've got this aggro paladin. I'm assuming odd warrior is still like an unfavorable matchup. I haven't seen an odd warrior in what feels yeah, like it years. doesn't exist. Yeah, and but I, I think Secret Mage now has more decks that counter it super hard. I think what we saw in the past when we were looking at VS reports was Secret Mage had like one unfavorable matchup, and then like as people you know adjusted, three right pirates, pirate warrior, odd warrior, and then like Odd And now yeah. while we've lost Odd we've got a couple of other decks that kind of you know take that place. But I, I kind of agree with you. I don't think Secret Mage is by far and away the most dominant i still think it's in that tier one right like mm -hmm. if i had to label it if i had to pick five of the best decks in the format i think secret mage would still be up there so it's still a very very good deck i think it is no longer you know in the conversation though for best deck in the format yeah i think that's fine i think i'm probably i probably might have it a little bit lower or like right on that cusp i think if i had to do it okay. but yeah it's still really good um but I, I think the rising paladin in general has been a little iffy for the yeah, for the uh, archetype because I think it does have trouble with that class as a whole. Not even, not even just the, um, not even just like tax pally, just like what paladin in general has picked up. What do you mean, dude? You got flock mage. <laughs> flock mage beats everything. Uh, I don't know. Maybe handbuff. I'm not sure how the handbuff pally matchup goes, but pally. I'm sure That's if right. it goes tall enough, mage might, might mage might have a trouble. But yeah, yeah, way, dude. Whatever. I I was playing some secret mage. Flak mage cures all ailments. Flak mage is a okay. You you having a good time with it? Yeah, yeah I was, I was having a little bit. And you just okay. you just bring you got the flak mages. And you, you got flame ward coming back. Like it's probably not as bad of a matchup as maybe you're making it out to be. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it should have gotten one mana mana worm back. It does one. Three, no, don't you know? maybe don't, don't don't go that far. <laughs> that is just rude. All right. Can you imagine that in like APM? Yeah. Like, would you run that in APM mage? Side side tangent. Would you run a one um, mana, mana worm? Would I play it in APM? 
Um, I don't know. Do you like killing people with 30 attack uh, worms? Uh, I kind of wish that they had a nerf to just so we could see that. And then immediately, un- <laughs> and then immediately, and then, like, like, and the then like a day later, they're like, all right, let's put that back where it came from. Let's, <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. yeah. um, okay, so let's move on. Let's talk about the APM age next. Um, it's burst onto the scene. I, I don't want to call this like a newcomer, right? Because this is kind of how Quest Mage has morphed. It was Quest Mage, and then it turned into Mazaki Mage, and now it's APM Mage. So, like, you know, following that trend, I think it's obviously a huge winner. Um, specifically, you have Refreshing Spring Water as, like, the big boon to the deck, and then, obviously, you kind of figuring out how to play it and popularizing it. Um, so, I mean, are you confident in just happy kind of talking about Combo Mage as, like, a, it's a winner in the metagame? Nothing too exciting? Oh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's great. It's great. It's a great deck. I'm very happy it's here. And, uh, you know, it's toxic, but, you know, I'm having a great time playing it. But, yeah, definitely a massive winner. Um, kind of surprising, actually. It's doing better than I anticipated. Like, I, I felt okay about the deck. Um, like, I was playing a lot of it before the expansion came out, like I said earlier. But I knew that Refreshing was going to be broken in the deck. I just didn't think that it would actually, like, push it this far. Like catapulted from like a tier three deck to like a tier one deck. You didn't think it was gonna go. Yeah, like I like I think it was like tier four, maybe meme territory kind of thing. Um, and now I'm like, yeah, you played Yu-Gi-Oh, dude. You know how powerful Pot of Greed is. How did you not know the impact that this card has? What does that card do? We're not doing that. We're a Hearthstone podcast. (laughs) We're not going that far. All right, but (laughs) no, but yeah, refreshing. The fact that it gains you, man, I think is the most disgusting part. But. I mean, combo, we don't need to harp on this too long. A- APM Mage or Combo Mage or whatever you want to call it. It is big, 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 big winner. Uh, and let's talk about, you know, you love Combo Mage. Let's talk about the Mage deck that I love the most. Let's talk about Reno Mages, right? Whether it's the mm-hmm. Reno Secrets or the LPG variants. I have played God knows how many variations of LPG Reno Mage. And anybody <laughs> that's watched any of my YouTube videos, I'm sorry. Because I posted like three Mage decks this week. Um... Dragon Caster on nerf, Dragon Queen Alexstrasza on nerf, the printing uh, of stuff like new Alexstrasza and Varden. Dude, LPG Mage is, like, legit. And I am happy that it's back. It's not a, it's not a top-tier deck by any stretch of the imagination. It has its counters. It's weakened to a lot of things. But the fact that it's, like, playable again makes me so happy. Like, it was completely pushed out of the meta by Secret Mage and Dark Glow Warlock. Like, completely pushed out. Those matchups were miserable. And Big Priest, right? I think those are the three decks that were the most popular. Three out of the mm-hmm. four most popular decks the last time we did a VS report or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and those matchups were miserable for this deck. But stuff like Varden helps against Dark Glare. Obviously, Secret Mage and Dark Glare are less popular now. Uh, you have the ability to go over the top now with uh, Dragon Queen and Alexstrasza against stuff like Big Priest. I am... I, I, I want to call it a winner... But I'm not going to go as far as say it's like top tier. But I'm very, very happy it's back. Yeah, I think it's a winner. I mean, when you when you factor in like the the reverts that it got as well and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, a lot of people have been trying like very secret heavy decks. Um, I've seen some experimentation there where they're running explosive and potion of polymorph and things like that as a very anti APM mage version of the mm-hmm. deck. Um, so Arcanologist, Ancient Mysteries, um, rather than just running just like Mad Scientist Ward block as a, like that three card package, people are expanding on that um, to be very disruptive. And it's very annoying to play against, right? <laughs> because it's, it's hard for the APM to like handle those secrets in addition to the threat of like block 
Reno, in addition to the threat of like infinite looping low thabs, like it's a very tough matchup sometimes. And yeah, LPG, LPG mage, um, either like a more secret uh, heavy version or just like the dragons and doing stuff like that. Definitely a winner, I think. I think it's a, uh, haven't seen a ton of it, but um, I've seen a number of players doing well with it. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Hija, right? He hit the rank one with the Reno secret LPG mage uh, that you're talking yeah. about that's been popularized. And I think that is by far and away the more competitive version right mm -hmm. uh and specifically because it is a hell of a lot cheaper than the dragon version of the deck um and i think that yeah. honestly that's probably the biggest barrier for people playing this deck like i i know a lot of people love the deck but it is yeah by I mean, far and away the most expensive deck in the format so it, it's a mortgage it's a mortgage <laughs> in a card game so I, I i think my dragon build like not even trying to make it as expensive as I could was like twenty eight thousand dust, which was kind yeah. of disgusting. Yeah, yeah, thirty like thirty k. That's the figure that I remember. In my head. Like <laughs> so roughly thirty like k. It's like Ugh. that's like five or six <laughs> like regular aggro decks like worth of dust. Yeah. But I mean, I I'm very excited. I think the Reno Secret version I think is probably like I hate calling things in tears, but it's probably in that like second mm -hmm. level of powerful decks, and then the Reno Dragons is probably in that third tier. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it. it the fact that it's playable in the meta means that it's a winner. So I'm happy yeah. with that. Um, and I think Mage as a whole, I think Secret Mage got a little bit worse, but LPG Mage and Combo Mage coming back is a big, big boon to the class. Um, and so I think Mage as a whole is also a winner. Yeah. All right, now let's talk about the next class. Let's talk about Priest. So Priest is a little bit of a loser when it comes to the fact that some of the new archetypes that we were a little bit excited for didn't really pan out. And so big, uh, big priest and arena priest remain like the only viable archetypes. I feel like for priest. Um, so let's talk about the two of them. Uh, so arena priest getting a little bit of a rework, right? You got power word shield yep. back. You have thrive in the shadows. You have, um, I still don't know how to pronounce this, but like Talon, uh, Ford Yeah, I say I say Talon. Yeah, yeah, whatever his name is. Um, so you get a little bit of a, a reworking of the deck to make it a little bit more consistent, um, and, and the ability to hit your removal, hit your Reno. Um, so arena priest, I think probably gained the most because I, I know before forging the barons we were talking about how arena priest was maybe not even like in the top five most powerful decks right now in the format um a lot of decks had adjusted to it it was kind of suffering as a result of tech cards and stuff like that um i would like to say that arena priest is probably the a big big winner right it's probably up there for the one of the most powerful decks in the format right now and i don't know if that's because it picks on some of the aggressive decks it has lucia to pick on apm mage um, I, I'm not sure if it's just because it's really early in the expansion cycle, but it feels really, really powerful. Uh, yeah, I, I'd hesitate even calling it like a big winner because I think it's probably just barely better than where it was previously. Like it's still, okay. you know, it was, it was like a really good deck, maybe not the absolute best. And currently it's like a really good deck. Um, so, you know, like if it's going up by a bit, it's only a small amount. Um, but yeah, the, the deck did pick up some new stuff, which is cool for, for Reina Priest lovers. Um, you know and the rest of us are very sad about that but it is what it is so you know we have the the ability to tune a reno uh that's a that's a fun package the shield is nice it, like you're saying the, the deck has gone through a, a small rework um lucia is now uh like previously i would have like you know gone about how a lucia was probably a terrible option in the format but now it seems like a fine option right like there's a lot of flame waker mage and a lucia kind of is a nightmare, mm -hmm. uh, nightmare into that matchup. Um, and so, yeah, Alustia back in the list. Um, but yeah, it's very tight right now. Like the, the deck is sort of, <laughs> it has too many options. Like it's got a lot going on. 
Yeah, I mean, it's really nice, though, right? Like, if you are somebody who enjoys playing Arena Priest, because there are, like, 35, 36 cards that could probably belong. That are very deck. legit. Yeah, yeah, like, right now, I've seen a lot of Arena Priest is, like, teching in Shadowward Horror, because Tax Paladin was super popular. But, like, yeah. Wave of Apathy is currently not in the list, and if, like, Darkly Warlock becomes more popular, then you just bring back Wave of Apathy. And, like, yeah. it's kind of disgusting the flexibility the deck has while still being able to maintain that super powerful combo finisher, right? It's kind of disgusting. Um, and... I mean, obviously, like, pre-Sayoui is kind of broken, and then the singleton cards are kind of broken. So, I mean, it's no surprise that it's very, very good when the consistency yeah. of the deck gets better. For sure. Yeah. Picked up some cool, uh, some cool, good new stuff. It just reminded me the way the way you were talking about that. Um, if Specialist was still a format, like, would I just bring Reno Priest <laughs> if I just had to, like, tech out five cards, second five others, you know, things like that? I, I, like, Reno Priest seems like it'd be really good in that format. Dude. I like had to think about what specialist was for a second there. Forgot but you won, that. you won a wild specialist tournament meetup, and you—it's uh, already gone from your memory. Back in my day, uh, that was mm-hmm. like two years ago, dude. That was so long ago. <laughs> that is, that is literally forever ago. Um, let's talk about the other priest deck though. Um, speaking about forever ago, because this deck will never freaking go away. Uh, big priest, uh, thrive in the shadows was the big inclusion, or uh, or kind of upgrade for this deck, right? Uh, and it just means that you're more consistently able to hit your Shadow Essence, which means that you are more likely to have the I win button. Um, and so, yeah, Big Priest getting a little bit stronger. I mean, let's talk about its place in the mm. metagame, though, right? Does it beat up on the Agra Paladins, the APM Mages, the Darkly Warlocks, the Secret Mage? Like, how is it doing in the metagame? Yeah, I I think Big Priest is actually a little bit of a loser. Yeah, that's uh, I, I think it's taking a small step back. Um, which is funny, right? Because like you, you think in theory, like giving it Thrive of the Shadows would just be great. Um, but yeah, I, I, and like and Rogue's gone as well, right? So like that's another thing where it should be sort of happy about that. But yeah, I, I do think it's like a little bit weaker now than it was pre-expansion or pre-reverts as well. Yeah, I think the fact that like APM Mage is a thing and Secret Mage is still super popular, and then Arena Priest, I feel like has gotten yeah. more popular, um, is a, is a bad sign for Big Priest and. Stuff like Pirate Warrior has gotten faster, it feels like. And so being able to get underneath those Shadow Essences is a big thing. Yeah, occasionally you'll have to turn four Shadow Essences and kind of blow any deck. But I think in general, big picture, it's the decks that have become popular, there are more unfavorables to Big Priest than there are favorables. So yeah, mm-hmm. I was, I was going to go that same route. I think Big Priest is a little bit of a loser. I think the first deck that we've talked about, maybe maybe Secret Mage, of being like a loser of Forged in the Barons. Um uh, so basically, the moral of the story: stop playing Big Priest, guys. Yeah, <laughs> please. Yeah, come play APM Edge. Come play APM okay, Edge. Okay, just kidding. Keep playing Big Priest. Um, let's talk about Warlock. So a couple big things that happened for Warlock was a neutral card getting unnerfed, uh, Bad Luck Albatross, and the inclusion of Drain Soul. I guess the buff from the core set. Um, I think Cube Lock or Control Warlock. You know, Control Warlock basically the same deck without cubes. Uh, much, 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 much better because birds, we, we talked about this, you know, what well, it feels like for three episodes in a row now, but the fact that Battle Like All Justice is a card now allows Cube Warlock to, you know, have a fighting chance against Priest, which were like two of the worst matchups uh, for the deck. And, you know, Void Color into Void Lord and Hysteria and Dark Skies and Defile means that it's a pretty damn good anti aggressive deck. So, I mean, Cube Lock, not the most exciting deck. I don't think it runs any new cards. Right, so not the most exciting deck, but I do think uh, it's a winner. Hey, hey, hey! I played Watch Post. I played Watch Post in my my control warlock. 
Yeah, I mean, Watch Post is fine. But I guess Drain Soul is technically a new card. Do you count that? Yeah, yeah, Drain Soul's new. All right. Yeah, sure. But yeah, Key Block, same old, same old. It's boring. Let's talk about the next deck. Let's talk about Reno Lock. Uh, so Reno Lock, again, another deck that I don't think got anything from the new expansion. Uh, unless I'm, you count I'm Watch saying Post. way... I'm seeing way less Reno Lock. Like, I can't remember. Like, I'm seeing way less of this deck, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it didn't get anything, unless you count Watch Post. And not all decks running it. And then, what's happened? You've got this influx of combo decks, right? Uh, Mali Druid, APMH, and then Rena Priest has gotten better. So it feels like Rena Lock is, you know... Maybe it comes back as, like, the counter to Reno Priest, but, like, it probably just... I haven't played it myself, but it seems like it just has a miserable time into celestial druid and, and apmh yeah um i wonder even how the pally matchup is to be honest like i can't imagine oh my yog is super fun um i guess zeph and the hungry crab you know that's a, that's a neat interaction i guess that can probably shut down paladin sometimes i was gonna bring that up when we talked about murloc shaman but yeah i yeah, <laughs> that's the thing i mean i will yeah. say like because you're running singletons i think renalock only ran like seven or eight spells and so it's really, okay. really hard to proc Oh My Yogg and then be able to yeah. follow it up with an AoE spell. So I guess it, it's probably not as good into the aggro Secret Paladin as something like Keyblock, right? Where you have the multiple... Uh, yeah, you also have like rocket. multiple Void Callers, right? Like, and the Skull. Um, but yeah, just a thought. Uh, but yeah, Reno, like really seeing much less of it recently. Um, I don't know about the deck getting nothing. I mean, I guess it did, right? Like, the Reno, the Warlock set just didn't help with that much. Like, if Tamsin isn't getting any use in the deck, which I don't think it is, like, I don't really see why, um, it's mostly just, like, Drained Soul and maybe the Watch Post, and that's kind of it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I guess, like, Reno Lock, bit of a loser. Um, <laughs> I would I mean, say it was a solid... big loser, to be completely honest with you. Like, it seems like it's not very favorable in the, met, uh, in okay. the meta at all. Yeah, I mean, definitely not a winner, then. At least we're on the same page <laughs> of that. Um, and then let's talk about Darkly Warlock. So Darkly Warlock, I, I haven't seen enough of the deck to see what new builds are. Like, I don't know if Tamsin is good in Darkly. I don't know if Drain Soul is better than Spellstone. Not sure. So it might have gotten some new to, uh, toys. But I can't imagine Darkly is very happy about, you know, the Rise of Death and Taxes Paladin and, and APM Age. I, those feel like miserable matchups for the deck as well. Yeah, um... Darklair loser, big loser, which is weird. Super weird, man. Super weird thinking about it like that. Um, there was like so much negativity before the expansion came out, and I'm not even excluded from that about how how much of a bummer it was the theory craft because he's like, oh, I'm just gonna get Darklair. Um, and now Darklair, I mean, it's been pushed out to such a degree, hasn't it? Like, I think it's still, I think, I think it's still good. Um. But I haven't played a ton of the deck. I haven't really looked at the builds too much. I know that there has been some discussion about Golem versus Tamsin, but um, there honestly just hasn't been enough attention to the deck right now that that stuff has been figured out because people just aren't playing it that much, I don't think. Well, I mean, they're probably not playing it because it sucks into APM Mage, right? And it sucks yeah, into like, like, I, like it never stopped them. It never stopped them before, right? Like everyone <laughs> was playing Dark Lair when it was nutty. And so, yeah, it's probably just not that great right now. Yeah. So, I mean, Dark Lair, big, big, big 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 loser i think i'll be very interested to see like if the nerfs to death and taxes paladin is enough for it to come back i know yeah i mean you probably know this a lot better than i do because i didn't play much at high legend uh for the past couple of months mm -hmm. but it seemed like dark Lord warlock would you agree was like by far and away the best deck of the format because you were talking about before fortune of the barons it was like play dark Lair or you're trolling if you're trying to win right 
And so it yeah. feels like Dark Lair has come back to the rest of the pack a little bit at least. Because at least maybe it can be countered, I guess. Uh, I'm not sure how to phrase that. But... Yeah, um, I'd say like before the expansion came out, I was very comfortable in thinking like, yeah, there's, there's very much a gap, right? There's like Dark Lair, then there's the rest. Um, from pre pretty much like from the moment the mini set, like one, once the build was figured out and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it did feel like that Dark Lair with the rest. And now Dark Lair is sort of just another high rolly deck in the format, you know, that still loses to random stuff. Um, so yeah, it's it's much more back with the rest of the pack. And whether it can survive the, or not survive, but whether it bounces back with the Paladin nerfs um, will be very interesting to watch because, yeah, <laughs> no, no pun intended there. <laughs> um, they're very interesting to see. Uh, because that is a nightmare matchup right now. And it, it does okay, I think, into APM Mage without the blocks. It's the Mizaki build that it has a real problem with, but I think the Mizaki deck will, will you know, decrease in popularity. I think people keep playing the APM Flame Waker version more and more. Do you think the APM Flame Waker version is worse into Darkler? Like, do you think it's yes, the favorite yeah. for APM Mage, though? Ooh, um, I think it might be glare favored. I, I'm not sure exactly, to be honest. It, it's a tricky matchup to get my head around because the, the games where, you're, like, even if you're like not favored right now, you can very easily tech in Cult Neophyte, mm -hmm. and then you're favored. Like Cult Neophyte sort of bodies you, and yeah. so if that it becomes that popular, that you have a, like a very easy way, especially if Pentlay gets nerfed. Hey, you just got like two more deck slots or two more card slots. So yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, keep an eye on Dark Lair. Uh, but right now, as of April 10th, it is a big, 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 big loser <laughs> in the metagame. All right, so let's loser. go ahead and talk about Warrior, though. Let's talk about probably the one of the biggest winners. Let's talk about some Pirate Warrior. Uh, Pirate Warrior getting the new 2-1, getting the new Axe, getting the new 2-2. Man, Pirate Warrior is... Oh, so good. Yeah, sorry, Meowth. I'd be happy to talk about Pirate Warrior. I'm just thinking about the missing the Hey Loser pun when talking about Dark Lair. Um, but either way, let's let's jump into Pirate Warrior. Yeah, Pirate Warrior, big winner. Um, Pirate Warrior, uh, picking up a whole bunch of stuff, and it's sort of lining up really well into the meta as well. So it's like two things went really great at once, I mm -hmm. think. Um, the the weapon build with all the axe. Hey, it turns out just run the good cards. Don't worry about all this whole. You know, can I fit in my eighteen weapon cards in one deck? Doesn't matter. Play the good cards. You'll do fine. The, the build looks great. Doesn't seem to be anything that's underperforming. Rakara has been a surprising, um, you know, huge boon to the deck as well. Um, really performing quite solidly right now. So, yeah, uh, Pirate Warrior, big winner for sure. I think it's really, really nice into both Death and Taxes and Secret Mage, probably two of the most popular decks in the format, because, I mean, first of all, you don't run any spells, dude. Like, you, <laughs> yeah. you Pirate Warrior yeah. runs no I spells. Know, my so no Oh My Yog, no yeah. Never Surrenders to worry about, and then no Counter Spells or Netherwind Portals to worry about. Like it's actually kind of insane, but I think this is maybe the first deck that doesn't run any spells. That is like yeah, I um, I remember theory crafting something like this uh, a long time ago, like a couple expansions back that ran zero spells, and the idea was screw you, Secret Mage. Um, it didn't quite catch on for whatever reason. The card that I wanted wasn't better than like Upgrade or something like that. But yeah, this whole like no spell version, I mean, it's kind of reminds me of when, um, you know, there'll be things like Spell Mage, uh, Spell Mage, uh, sorry, not Spell Mage, Spell Hunter was really good into, into Secret Mage at the time because explosive runes did nothing um, and things like that. And it's kind of it's kind of weird when you get these these very dense, very skewed decks that, um, you know, they just don't have any interaction with what your opponent's trying to do 
in terms of like counter spell or explosive runes and things like that yeah uh but yeah i mean we don't need to dwell too much on this i think just pirate warrior is a very 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 good deck good. play strong. the deck it's strong it's just like we talked about all those paladin decks that you should play if you want to win just dodge priest but you'll do great but i think pirate warrior is probably better than all four of those paladin like i am very confident in saying pirate warrior is better than the death and taxes paladin yeah, so <laughs> I, I was kind of weighing it up, but I'm like, yeah, I can say that. Yeah. Would you yeah. would you wager like would you be confident in saying Pirate Warrior best aggro deck in the format right now? Ooh, best aggro deck in the format. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I kill people a lot turn four with Mage. Um, that's that pretty doesn't count. <laughs> None of my aggro decks. Um, no, would I say Pirate Warrior is the best aggro? Yeah, probably actually. Yeah. All right. Good for Pirate Warrior, dude. Good for Pirate Warrior. It deserves it after its time, you know, <laughs> struggling with no new cards for like a year and a half. It deserves it. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a couple of other Warrior archetypes. So Odd Warrior, I don't think, got anything. Um, but it remains like the premier like anti-aggro deck that loses to literally anything that's not aggro. Um, so if you want to pick on Secret Mage or Pirate Warrior or Murloc Shaman or Death and Taxes, whatever aggro deck, if you want to pick on those... Play Odd Warrior, if you don't mind. I haven't seen else. one, and I haven't seen one in a year. Don't don't know what an Odd Warrior looks like. I I queued an Even Shaman, and the first game was the first Odd Warrior I had seen in like a month and a half, which was. It do be like that. Yeah. It do be like that, but I mean, Odd Warrior, I don't think has shifted much in the metagame. It it still plays the same role. I think it's it's same old, same old. Uh, Galakrond Warrior. Uh, I want to talk about this a little bit because. Galcon okay. Warrior has never really caught on in the West, right? For whatever reason. While it's been super popular over in, like, Chinese and Asia servers. Uh, but I've been playing a little bit of Galcon Warrior with stuff like Albatross and the 2-1 and the Outrider's Axe and Rakara. Uh, it feels... And a 3-mana Scion, we can't kind of gloss over that. Mm-hmm. It got a bunch of upgrades to the deck. Uh, and it feels good. It feels like it's probably going to fill that role of stuff like uh, that Even Shaman usually fills, like that anti-aggressive aggressive deck. And I think Galakrond Warrior has the additional upside of, like, it's pretty good into Reno Priest because not only do you have the birds, but, like, you play the Galakron and you just, like, you hit him in the face for, like, 8 to 10 damage every turn. And, like, what are they going to do about it? All right? And so, like, even after they Reno... You're punching them in the face. They can't really spawn of shadows kill you, and you kind of just you have that inevit- inevitability. I think that's the right word. Um, <laughs> and so I, I think Galakon Warrior is a winner. I don't know how much it is, right? I think it's you know pretty early. People haven't really started playing the deck, but I think it's one that people should maybe be keeping an eye on as like a potential sleeper in the format. Yeah, um, I haven't played it any like anything myself. Um, I would say that like the the Raider Priest matchup used to feel okay as long as you didn't just run out of cards. Like, as long as you had something to do throughout, like, up until your Galakron and after that, you used to do pretty good. And I guess, like, now the axe sort of fixes that slightly, right? You just get a bit more card draw, you get a bit more, like, resources and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, when, when I kept on trying to make pirate, uh, Galakron Warrior, it always came back to, like, am I just making a pirate deck? Because the two drops that I, the two drops that it has on offer are so sad to me. But, um, yeah, Galakron Warrior. I haven't really experimented with it too much, but I could see it, especially with the birds, to try and fix up some of those Reno matchups, which have been some of the biggest issues for sure. Yeah. In addition to things like Big Priest and Cube Ball Lock, the Reno decks in general have been sort of, you know, like if you can shut down Reno, those matchups become a lot more comfortable, um, for sure. Yeah, I will say Cube Locks and Big Priest are still unwinnable, <laughs> but yeah, right. <laughs> uh, 
I think yeah. the fact that Bird exists is a, is a big, big help. And then, of course, with the Invoke, and then with stuff like Three Mana Scion and Rakara, your uh, aggressive matchups, right? Stuff like Odd Paladin, stuff like the Death and Taxes. Um, stuff like Pirate Warrior is actually, I feel like, very, very favored for you. It feels really mm-hmm. nice in those matchups. Uh, so yeah, again, Galakrond Warrior, very, very small sample size, but I think one of those decks that maybe keep an eye on uh, as a potential sleeper. Uh, test that out a little bit, see how it does. Um, but yeah, so let's move on to Shaman. Let's talk about Murloc Shaman. So, yes, winner, right? It got nine new cards. Of course it's going to be a winner. It's going to have a m- much more of a prevalence in the metagame. I made the claim last week that Murloc Shaman was in that tier one decks. You know, like in the what, some of the best decks in the format. I rescind that statement, um, primarily because of the existence of Zeph. Uh, the amount of times that I got blown out this week of... Zeph into Hunger Crab made me want to rip my hair out. Like, it was so frustrating. And I do not think that Murloc Shaman will be anywhere close to Tier 1 as long as Zephyrus exists with Hunger Crab in its pool. Like, it just cannot exist. I think it's still a good deck. Don't get me wrong. I think Murloc Shaman is a very, very good deck. You could definitely hit Legend with it. It's probably, you know, in that Tier 2 archetype. But it will never be one of the best decks in the format as long as Zeph exists. It is so frustrating. Sorry, I went on a little mini rant there. But, yes, it's a winner. It's a winner, but I don't think it's that good. It's not going to be a Tigron deck. Look, I'm here for any Zephyrus slander. Um, anytime anyone wants to have a, you know, has an issue with it, I'm, I'm all ears. Um, but yeah, the, I, I mean, I still think that doesn't single-handedly hold it back too much, to be honest. Like, I just think it's one of those things that feels so terrible to go into that it just sort of leaves such a bad taste in your mouth with the deck. Like, it doesn't even matter if you went like five and two. It's like if those two losses were games where you just got like Zeph rolled, um, they just feel disgusting and make you want to quit and do something else. Um, I mean, I still think I still think Murloc Shaman is really, really good. One of the better decks in the format, I would say. I agree, but I also have a petition to delete Hungry Crab from Zeph's pool because, like, Look, we, said, can like... Just, we can just we can just we can just delete Zeph Meowth. We don't have to go through these hoops about changing the pools. They already said the pool was locked. All right, how about we just bulldoze the whole thing over? I would be okay with that. I, I'm a little, I'm a little bit biased, as you can tell. I had a pretty negative experience this week. Yeah, you sound, you sound some, like, you sound shaken up. It's... I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit jaded by by Zeph. A little shook. Yeah, yeah. I will say, Murloc Carpet, dude. That card is mm-hmm. bonkers. That card is so good. Yeah. In combination with those one drops, like the the Mermy and yep. better Mermy, Mermy, yeah, the Mermy and the new one, like ah, oh, the fact that summon not play, it's so Oof. good, dude. It is so good. I yeah, I will say, I am thinking about a couple of like, I I was on board with those being like the best thirty cards. I've been thinking a little mm-hmm. bit about, are there some maybe better options than something like ice fishing, um, that we okay. m- might want to to mess around with, but I think. Solidly, twenty out of thirty of those cards are very, very good. I think Murloc Shaman is a is a pretty busted deck, even if you cry whenever you get zeft and Dunker Crabbed. But uh, let's talk about Even Shaman. So Even Shaman really only getting kind of flame tongue totem as like a, a new card. If we're excluding like the the Even Murloc Shaman, just because that never really took off. Um, but Even Shaman, I, I hesitate to call it a winner. I think it's kind of stayed the same just because it still has that really miserable matchup into priest right um and so therefore like i i think it still holds that same place where it's like it's an okay deck it's a very good anti-aggressive aggro deck 
but like Priest is a mid-level matchup, and so it's you know not gonna climb the power rankings. I mean, I haven't seen very much even Shaman at all, so I can't. I like I haven't played it. I haven't really played against it, so I'm not. I'm not too into this conversation. Like I can't. I can't really give too much on this one. I will say though that Flame Totem is a very very. I, I played a little bit. I I went on a little bit of a nice run today with it. I went like nine and zero. Yeah. Uh, with the deck, nice. Flame Tongue Totem is sick. Like Flame Tongue Totem, in combination with the the Totem buff spells, like yeah. you you blow people out turn two, turn three. Like other aggressive decks, like the games are over on turn two, turn three because it's like kind of insane. Um, so like it has that going for it. I think it's strengthened its matchups mm-hmm. into into those decks, right? But right. because you still get blown out by a Hysteria or a Mass Hysteria. You know, or Shadow Word Horror, because that's being teched in now. Like, y- you hate those. Uh, and so it, it struggles. It struggles into Priest still. So I, I think it's holding its you know same position in the metagame. Not really a big winner or a big loser, uh, even though it technically got a new card. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's move on to our last four classes. Let's talk about Demon Hunter. We can gloss over this really, really quickly because... Demon Hunter didn't really get any new toys. Uh, and so it's the same old, same old. It's kind of stayed the same. It's yep. it's, it's a solid aggro deck. You can hit Legend with it if you want. Uh, if you're trying to, yeah, if you're trying to grind your 1,000 wins, like, Odd Demon Hunter is a viable choice to play. Like, you're not going to lose a ton of games, but you're not going to win a ton of games either. Um, so nothing really much more to say about Demon Hunter. Uh, we're really waiting for some, like rotations to happen and there there be some wild specific demon hunter cards that they can print something busted and let us have fun with it you know um (laughs) and then druid uh let's talk about our baby let's talk about token druid uh so there's two different builds of token druid uh one running like guff and gibberlings and the other running like oaken summons with vargoth and the 510 i haven't messed around with it a ton it has not felt nearly as strong because again priest remains super popular and stuff like secret mage and a bunch of paladin decks and Pirate Warrior are a lot more popular, and they help keep Token Druid off the board, right? Or by mm-hmm. the time Token Druid does its thing, they have a board that can kind of contest it. So it feels like Token Druid is a little bit of a loser. I hate to say it, um, but it does feel like a little right. bit of a loser in the metagame. So far. yeah, I, I think Guff Guff is probably bad, um, just based on the fact that it's bad in standard, right? Like a very similar archetype, the uh, the Gibbling standard version. Guff was found to be really bad in that in that deck and deserved to be cut. Um, and so my, my assumption is that it's probably a similar case in Wild, and it's probably just not worth using. That makes me sad. Why did you have to go and I'm say sorry. that? that I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. The bearer of bad news. Dude, we have Guff as like our background of today's podcast. Like, How are you going to say that? No, 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 no. No, we don't. We don't have Guff as the background. We have that cute little croc as the background. <laughs> the, uh, the main character of that picture. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to ignore the, the Torin with the huge muscles in the background. Um, I would die for that crocodile. But yeah. <laughs> That that crocodile is like the definition of like white people happy. You know the email. <laughs> yeah. That is what that is. Uh, okay. Anyways, uh, last year deck to talk about combo druid. So this is like the celestial Mali version or like the celestial tog version. I know I've seen both versions. Uh, kind of ignoring what the win con is. We've talked a little bit about this already, so we don't need to spend a ton of time on it. But kind of combo druids in general. I know they're gaining popularity because it's like a new build of the deck, but how strong do you think it is in relation to a lot of the other stuff in the meta? Uh, I would say it's a small winner just because of the fact that it was so bad previously. <laughs> like, it was so trash uh, last expansion that I'm like, it's hard to be a loser. Like, it has to be <laughs> slightly better, right? Like, I have to be a little bit higher on it. 
Um, so yeah, I'll go with slight winner, at least for nothing else than the fact that it's making us change and think about the build for once for the first time in like a year or something. So yeah. that's a winner just on that. All right, fair enough. Speaking of trash, let's talk about Hunter. God, I'm wow. sorry. I do that every time, and then I like... Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry Hunter mains out there. Uh, but I'm speaking the truth because Hunter is struggling yet again. Another expansion, same story for Hunter. Uh, so Beast Hunter had its like two days in the spotlight with Starving Buzzard being oh, on there. And what a, what a two days it was. Amazing. <laughs> had a great time with that. But yeah, it turns out that it's not a very good deck. Um, Reno yeah. Hunter hasn't really taken off a ton. Uh, neither has Secret Hunter. Uh, but I do want to yeah. talk about one deck that I've been having a lot of success with, uh, actually. Uh, I want to talk about Even Hunter. So Even Hunter is kind of like the modern day version of Face Hunter. Um, and the reason I want to talk about it is because it is so powerful in stuff like APM Mage and Secret Mage um, that I definitely think it's actually pretty good. I, In mm -hmm. my small sample size, I am 16 and 6 with the deck in Legend, so it's pretty powerful. Um, the ability to literally never let the Secret Mages have their rigged fair game because you can literally always just one mana tap the button and they take damage is kind of insane <laughs> and then like if you can the snowball potential of those two jobs that i think is actually super underrated and then you combine that with the amount of damage from stuff like frenzied fell wings for zero mana and dragon bane is actually pretty powerful um so you know i just trash talked hunter but like i will stand for even hunter because i think it's probably the best hope for the class that it's had in a very very long time okay um yeah i haven't really played even hunter personally so you know Happy to see some success. I have seen on a, a different, uh, there's the Chinese meta report that have been dropping. You know, we, we get some of them. Um, on one of the reports that I saw today, uh, they had Even Hunter as like, I, I don't want to put a tier on it, but I'm pretty sure it was like up there as one of like a good deck, not among the best, but it was a good deck. Um, and so, yeah, it seems like that's a, that's a popular sentiment or at least uh, something a little bit widespread. Um, in terms of like Reno Hunter, I would be interested to see what would happen if people, you know, went for a Starving Buzzard build. Uh, I, I think Reno Hunters in general probably always edge towards being far too greedy in the format, and they should be more aggressive and more like mid-rangey and things like that. And so I'd like to see how that went, but I'm not going to be the brave one that actually bothers <laughs> to in the work on that. I'm just gonna yeah, I'm just gonna like lob suggestions from here without putting any of the work in myself, and I'm just gonna yeah, just chill. No, so what you do is you queue on rank one with a hunter deck with just one game, okay? Right. You win that game lose. somehow. Oh. Or whatever. Whatever. Win or lose, you you end the game still at rank one. Yeah. Then you take the screenshot and yeah. be like, rank one hunter build, net deck this, and then get the you know, the data on that to see like, you know, that's how you refine it, right? That's that's what you did with the uh the aggro face Reno Hunter that didn't run Reno. Mm, rank two legend. Hey, yeah. I climbed with that thing. Yeah, the, the classic Corbett Scambit, the uh, the classic vintage maneuver. Um, but yeah, poor Hunter, dude. I mean, Hunter had a great five days. Like, I had a great time with Hunter, and it's over, and, you know, we'll see how it goes next rotation. <laughs> That's true. I, I will say, I do think that there's yeah. actually something legitimate with even Hunter. Like, again, okay, it is so far away from being a tier one deck. I'm not even going to try to joke about that. But I do think it is, <laughs> it is a good deck, and I think it is okay. probably the best hope for the class that it's had in a very long time. I know we had that like bright light of like, we, we, we thought we could see the light at the end of the tunnel where like Secret Hunter was like a tier two deck mm -hmm. for a little bit there um, at the very beginning of, of Darkmoon Fair. But I, I I do think that like 
Even Hunter has felt very, very smooth. Maybe it's just because of the metagame that I'm in. It was like it was it's fine to the death and taxes. Mm. It's good into the, the secret mages. And so I, I, I do think it's very similar to the Galakon Warriors. Like, this is a deck that I would have my eye on, and I am very interested to see, you know, what the HS replay stats look like, you know, next week once people, you know, hear us talk and start playing it because we totally have that sort of influence on the format, right? But oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say that if I had to keep an eye on two decks, it'd be even Hunter and Galakon Warriors, potential sleepers in the metagame as, like, people never play it, but it's probably, like, low-key kind of good. So. All right, speaking of low-key kind of good, Rogue is anything but that. Uh, that Nitro Boost Poison nerf hit hard in combination with Paladin, which has always been Rogue's arch-nemesis, becoming insanely absurdly strong uh rogue i think has become i don't know it's it's down there in hunter tier man like it is it is not very good yeah um rogue's trash dude rogue's <laughs> trash um i mean i think i think odd rogue is still like probably okay like you could probably do okay with odd rogue um but yeah the actually now that i'm thinking about it maybe if they nerf paladin maybe i can actually go back to my miracle rogue thing that i'm trying to do um, but yeah, Rogue kind of been a very iffy spot ever since that Nitro Boost nerf and things like that. Um, I did see there was Arena Rogue that hit rank one Legend Meowth. There was Arena Rogue that hit rank one. Um, that's that's something, right? Did it hit it from like rank two? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, it was it was uh, on the Asia server, so I couldn't really like the tweet that I saw. I, I didn't understand very much, obviously. Um, like it wasn't in English, so eh, I don't know. But um, all I know is it hit rank one, and I can actually, I will actually throw Rogue a bone. I can actually see Rainer Rogue being quite solid, um, similar to even something like LPG Mage. Um, how's that for? Whoa! A don't you don't you dare! No, I mean, I can I can, I can see it sick. in a in a similar in a similar space. I can I can see that maybe. I, I will say that on my client today, I did queue into. I believe his name is Espergs, or their name is Espergs. Uh, mm -hmm. with a fully golden arena rogue list that has bodied me a couple times so i mean there's still something there like it has an otk now like it has a way to end the game i don't know if you've been on the receiving end of this but it goes like spirit of the shark into cutter butter into like three mana alex into like zero oh, mana ten yeah. woo, and then alex you again it's kind of disgusting like i did not see that coming i was like dude i'm playing key block we are fine i will kill them in a couple turns and then I just, yeah. like, got a decade out of nowhere, and I was like, shit. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. It's kind of sick. Yeah, maybe Arena Rogue has a, something to, something there. But I will say Kingsbane, I, like, replaced the Nitro Boost Poisons with Ship's Cannon. Did not feel like it helped the deck a ton, uh, especially with Paladin yeah. being a thing. So F's in the chat for Kingsbane Rogue. Maybe it'll come back, you know, from the ashes again somewhere down the line, maybe once they unnerf Nitro Boost Poison. Um, mm -hmm. Odd Rogue, I know we talked a little bit about this last week. Um I kind of went more... I took out the Nitro Boost Poisons. Uh, I kind of went more for a pirate-heavy list with Flybooters, the new 3-mana 4-3, and Captains. Yep. Um, it felt okay. Uh, yep. I will say I had a better win rate with it, uh, with Even Hunter than I did with Odd Rogue. So, right. honestly, maybe Rogue is the bottom dumpster tier and not Hunter. Uh, we'll see. But Rogue, Rogue and Hunter and Druid, I think, are like the three decks that are just like... It's always one class with Hunter, right? Like, last expansion, it was Shaman. Now it's Rogue. Like, Hunter's is kind of, like, always looking for its buddy down there. Um, but, yeah, uh, Rogue definitely, like, Rogue was the big winner. Possibly the biggest winner out of, like, the, the mini set. And, you know, it got its tool taken away. It got, a, it got the poison taken away. And now it's back to being complete trash. Um, 
But I don't know. Like, I still think some of the tools that are got with things like efficient Octobot have mm-hmm. massive potential in wild, like long-term potential. Um, it's just right now, it just hasn't really shown itself to be all that worthwhile. So, yeah, I agree. I you did mention at the very beginning of the rogue section that like, if Paladin gets nerfed. Right, and we can play Battle Cries again. Then, like maybe the Miracle Rogue comes back, maybe the Pillager Rogues come back. Um, maybe, maybe we can have a little bit of fun, but we'll see. We'll see what the nerfs are <laughs> and how how they affect that Death and Taxes. You know that deck's yeah. popularity. Although, although maybe no more Jandas. Maybe no more Jandas. Like, oh kind of good. God, never mind. It's all doomed. Yeah. It's all doomed. <laughs> stupid, stupid standard players taking away all of Rogue's toys, man. I. They, they yell at us about Dark Lair. They have taken away so many of our toys. Like, I don't ever want to hear it. Okay. So that's going to wrap up our, basically our mini meta report, to be completely honest with you. Uh, yeah. All the big winners and losers um, of the set. I, I know we glossed over a lot of decks as well. This was not encapsulating the entire metagame. Uh, but if we went through every deck that we have seen on ladder in the past week and a half, we would be here for another three hours. So I, I'm going to say, I think I am very happy with the current state of the metagame. I think... It is probably the most diverse it's been in like seven or eight months, uh, at least in my experience of not top one hundred legend, right? Um, my more, I guess, I say more casual as like I'm sitting like, you know, between rank three hundred and rank one hundred, right? I'm not like down in the meme tiers, but like it feels a lot more diverse. There's a lot more decks that are viable and playable, and I'm, I'm having a lot more fun at least, and I think that's maybe the mm-hmm. most important thing. Uh, I don't know how you're feeling up there at rank one. Oh, uh, I'm having a great time giving my opponents no diversity, no sort of difference. <laughs> I'm just spamming that same deck over and over every day, and I'm uh, having a great time with it. So, yeah, <laughs> bit fun for me too. All right. I, I wonder, I really hope that they nerf Encantress Flow just to make you play different decks and experiment, all right? Not not even I because it's deck. strong, but I want you to have <laughs> the experience of playing other decks. Yeah, remember when I would, like, theorycraft and, like, play different <laughs> stuff and help her fight? No, 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 none of that. Now it's, like, tweet out a different APM list with two cards changed that I like now instead every uh, every second day. Ignoring Corbett and his APM age, you guys let us know down in the comments how you guys are feeling about this metagame. Are you enjoying it? Do you think it's more diverse? Do you agree with our winners or losers? Let us know down in the comments below. Uh, but that's going to wrap up our episode today. A little bit of a longer one, but I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, and Corbett, as usual, I enjoyed my time with you. Uh, appreciate you hanging out. Let the people know where they can find you. Uh, I guess you can find me at Corbett Gaines on Twitter and Twitch and YouTube content and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's Corbett Games. Streaming pretty much every day. So thank you guys very much for tuning in, watching, or listening. Much appreciated. Yeah. Uh, again, make sure you guys check out his content. He is a fabulous streamer and content creator. Show him some love. All right. You guys know where to find me on YouTube. Obviously, you guys have made your way over here. Uh, but, of course, my live stream, twitch.tv slash Uh Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast episode. Of course, you can always listen on the go. You know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any podcast distributor. Uh, make sure you guys check us out there if you want to listen on the go. And, of course, I uh, hope you guys are enjoying the new expansion. Hope you're having some fun. And we will see you guys next week. Later.